local listeners. This is your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast, where each week I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. What we do is we share their story of success and challenges and their journey on how they became a community leader. I truly believe that behind every small business is a story that needs to be shared. I want to put a big thank you to my sponsors, Exacta Corporation, Think Possibilities, Think Exacta. Rare leaders, connect, collaborate, contribute. Where leaders come to thrive and grow. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, as well as always love your feedback. Enjoy the show. All right, on this show of Look First Podcast, I'm very excited to have on here Bonnie Edwards. Uh, she's the author of a book, and I love this title because um, I was thinking about it as I'm looking at this. I'm like, Mama said, and I'm just like, yep. Did I listen? No, but I, you know, but it's just little things over and over and over again. And the title of the book is mama said it's the small victories that count. That is real cool. I want to introduce everybody to Bonnie Edwards. It's probably the easiest name I've had to say on my show since I've started. I thank you so much. (laughs) How are you doing, Bonnie? (laughs) I am fantastic. Thank you so much, Rob, for having me today. I'm so looking forward to our chat today. Oh, this is awesome. It's awesome. I mean, even through all these tough times that we're going through, and, and if you listen to this in some time in the future, this is August 10th. 2020 in the middle of probably one of the strangest years I've ever been associated with. So we're all going to pull through this together and we're going to come up better on the other side. So it's all good. That's right. The opportunity together. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I like that together. So, you know, before we get into the nuts and bolts of everything here and what you're doing, you know, give the listeners a little background, you know, you know, who is Bonnie Edwards and how did you get to, you know, becoming an author? Okay, awesome. Great question. Well, I am the daughter of George and Dorothy Gaston. Uh, my parents uh, came here to Wisconsin back in the, the 50s. That was during the, um, the surge of the, the Great Migration from the South, uh, specifically Utica, Mississippi, uh, which is about 30 minutes outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. So my parents landed here uh, in Wisconsin. And I remember asking my mom and dad, why did you bypass Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> how, did we, how did we just sort of drop here, right here in Wisconsin? But, um, and clearly I was not even um, in the picture at that time. They came in the early 50s. So I am um, a, a proud daughter of George and Dorothy Gaston. My parents, I am one of, um, one of three sets of twins. I have a twin brother. My parents had three sets of twins. Um, So I guess you could say I sort of fall in the middle if I bring my twin brother along with me. Um, Whenever I share that story, people really get excited and they they can't believe that my parents had three sets of twins. Unfortunately, the first set uh, died prematurely in Mississippi. And I guess it was around the time that my parents decided to migrate north. And so we ended up in Wisconsin. I have uh, six siblings. Uh, One has passed away um, along with the the first set of twins um, initially in my parents' relationship. 
but I, uh, I'm a proud daughter. Uh, my parents um, were, are and still are. My dad is still living. Uh, he's 87 years old. Oh. My mom, unfortunately, passed away about 20 years ago, which, you know, inspired me to write the book. Um, my mother uh, was very influential in my life, as she was my entire family. And uh, I, I was just always amazed at how she used her influence, not just to to help and manage things at home, but she was the, uh, I would say the, um, the ultimate super mom. She worked outside um, the household. In addition to raising seven children with my dad, um, she, my mother has her own history. Um, uh, she worked in the cosmetics industry, Avon products in fact. And um, we still have the letter that she actually sent to Avon Cosmetics back in the 70s about the desire and the, the, the need to, to work outside of the house. And she recognized that she also had seven children um, along with my dad that she had to raise, but that didn't stop her. She believed in, um, in the, the idea of independence. She believed in family. She loved and valued education. So she, she's my super mom. And I, I don't think we lift our mothers up enough, you know. And so, you know, so the, the story goes, I decided to write a book about Mama Said when my mother influenced me to consider going to teaching. And I remembered the conversation and I said, no, I don't think so, mom. I don't think I'm, a, I don't think I'm the type to go into teaching. But apparently she saw it before I did. <laughs> so, so what did I do? I pursued uh, teaching. And, um, but my mom reminded me even then, and that was uh, about 20, uh, 20 years ago uh, or longer, um, she reminded me how much um, I enjoyed helping people as a little girl and how I loved children. And it was those, those two entities that really set, it resonated with me. And I thought, okay, well, maybe my mother's on to something here. And <laughs> so I, I, I pursued teaching. So that's, I became an author because I discovered in teaching that there was a lack of communication within the school system, within the way the schools reached out to families, in the way families uh, um, ch were challenged in terms of how they navigated um, the school system. And I thought to myself, Rob, I said, you know, if mom was only here, the conversations we would have, boy, I would give her an earful about how we need to do a better job at communicating within our schools and within families. And so hence the book title, Mama Said. I know that was an earful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a lot. So I was like, so I always look at it. There's certain professions that it takes special people. And, you know, I was, for me, I was cut out for the military. I was cut out to be a, a soldier. And that's just, that's just me. I'm just, I'm just go out there and go for war at that. So it's like, you know, that was for me. And I, I always knew that I was going to do that, you know, even from a very young age. But when it comes to certain professions, like being a teacher, I mean, that in itself, I mean, I just don't have the patience. I barely have enough patience for my own kids. <laughs> yeah, right. I taught middle school, <laughs> you know, right. And, you know, uh, middle school is, you, well, as a middle school or a former middle school teacher, um, 
I would probably be the first one to say, you know, middle school is probably the toughest, uh, most challenging grade band to teach because it includes the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Now, I, I have to tell you, I taught all, all of those grades in addition to special ed, but middle school and seventh grade, oh my goodness, that's, I have to say, I, I think seventh grade is probably the most challenging. Now, if you talk to some of my colleagues, they'll say, well, I, they found that uh, middle school, seventh grade specifically was more of the entertaining kind of grade to teach. <laughs> and I think I saw nothing entertaining about teaching seventh grade. <laughs> I love I my students, though, but it wasn't entertaining. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, with that said, I have to say I remember uh, one year because there was always a year of teaching that you remember that's, that sort of resonates with you. And, and I do remember teaching this one uh, seventh grade class. And Rob, I tell you, it was probably the, the best seventh grade class I've ever taught. Those kids were sharp. They were, you figured they were 13, 14 years old in that grade. Uh, and they were just sharp. These were kids that were interested in learning they had goals. In fact, one of them I saw recently at the, the lakefront. They were walking, and my husband and I were biking that day. This was years ago. We were going by in a, by this really nice-looking family, and it was this really tall young man. And as I was going by on my bike, I heard this voice say, Miss Edwards? And I turned around. I said, yes. And sure enough, it was one of my seventh grade students. He was on his way to Italy for professional basketball. Oh, wow. You know, uh, go figure, you know, go figure. And I, I was just so uh, elated uh, to see him. But he was in that seventh grade class where the kids, it, it was really ironic, where they, they really had dreams and they had goals. And, they, mm -hmm. and clearly this young man did because he got, he, you know, in fact, he attended, um, I want to say it was a college university. It was either Colorado or Oklahoma. Um, I one of it was further, um, it's a distance from, from where we are. But you know, they had goals, and I was inspired um, by that class. And as the years went on, I discovered as an educator that you know, they're teaching me how to become a better person, how to become a better educator. And oftentimes as educators, we can get sort of um, get in our own little shell. Um, yeah. And, but we really need to find a way of cracking it open. Well, now in this pandemic, <laughs> we've been forced, right, to come out of our shells. Uh, and that's not all of us, um, but there, you know, you know, it's, education is a funny thing. You know, we go into it because we love children and we want to make a difference in their lives. Like you went into the military, you wanted to protect this country and protect their freedoms. So we have a philosophy as to why we do the things that we do. But I have to say, my mother saw it in me before I did. I never, never, um, in a million years, I never thought that I would be an educator because I didn't like school. <laughs> so who would have thought, you know? Right. Um, so you, you, never know, you never know. I didn't like school either. And, and it's <laughs> funny that you say that because we get into these situations. And like growing up, I was like, I'd rather been out on the streets, been playing outside, doing anything than being at school. And I remember one year in high school, I went to Milwaukee Tech and um, okay. came out of there a machinist. And, and my grades were always at about 
sea level. And it wasn't that I was dumb. I was just more like, I didn't really want to do it. So no I is there was one semester that I just, um, I hunkered down, did everything I was supposed to do, got like a really, you know, A's and B's all really good like that. Showed my mom. I said, here, I said, now I'm going back to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. You know, um, and I, I, I remember uh, uh, one, of the, one of my favorite life lessons from my mom, and that was never give up, never give up. And, and, and I went into teaching with that frame of thinking to never give up. And you have to because you just don't, you don't know um, what direction or what trajectory your life will go um, and, and our students, you just don't realize just what direction their life is going to, to take them. And my mom would say to me, never give up. Um, and, you know, it's the small victories that count. Um, I, I mean, she, she gave me so many life lessons. What was your favorite life lesson, Rob, that you, you received from your mom that you tend to splutter, that tend to resonate with you? She taught me how to cook and be independent. Um, I was a latch, latch key kid, so I was typically okay. home, first home for school. So it was my responsibility to make sure that before my parents got home, um, I think at the time, my, my dad was working second or third shift at A.O. Smith, and my mom worked at Target. Okay. I, I had to make sure dinner was ready every almost every okay. single night. So from that, I learned how to cook. I learned how to do a lot of things, and now cooking is one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. And, and it's really, it's, you know, things like that. And it's like, they, they always taught me that at the time was like, I can do whatever I want to do as long as I put my mind to it. Exactly. And I heard that a lot. A lot. Um, and like, coming up. And I've, I've done mm -hmm. so much in, in, you know, such a short time that, and it just keeps going. Like you said, I never right. gave up, you know, I, I didn't intend to be a podcaster. I didn't intend to sit <laughs> here. that. <laughs> Uh, you know, and those are, but you know, it, 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 an opportunity came and I was like, you know what, this is really cool and a lot of fun and I can, I don't do this. So it's really turned out to be a, you know, a really cool venture for me. And I don't give up something falls. Well, you know, you get back up, pick up the pieces yeah. and you know, you just got to keep on going. You know, I just, I, you can't move. Like I'm not a person that's going to sit around forever. I don't see myself retiring. I see taking some time off. But to retire and just do nothing, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. No. Yeah. I, and, you know, it, that's amazing. I, I should have said thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, what, what branch in the military did you actually Army. serve in? Army. Army. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have, I have uncles and uh, family members, other family members that served as well. And that's, that's the ultimate uh, sacrifice, you yeah. know. And we parents and we spend more time with our mothers which is why I wrote this the book um, in memory of my mom and they sacrifice so much you know for us to have even just the basic things in life you know food shelter clothing um, the you know quality education and um, we just we need to lift them up more you know we I don't think, uh, and part of the, the other motivation for writing this book is because uh, our mothers are so influential, as is our fathers. In fact, I asked my dad, 
uh, not too long ago. I said, Dad, you know, um, what do you think about, about me writing a book about what Daddy said? <laughs> <laughs> you know what his response was? What? He said, no, no, no. <laughs> I, and I said, well, why not? You, you have great influence, you know, in my eyes, too. Why not? No, 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 no. But I think if I, I think if I had just spent a little more time with him, I could have probably uh, encouraged him to let me do it. Uh, but I do make reference to my father because he is a, um, you know, he's pivotal too in my life, and we're fortunate and blessed to still have him with us. Um, although, you know, I did lose my mom and my my oldest brother. Um, but getting, you know, um, back to, um, you know. Um, lifting our mothers up, um, I thought the book would do that. It would say to the world, one, it would introduce to the world who my mother was and is to me today and how she has influenced every aspect of my life, whether it was at home or at school or um, work. And it was, I, you know, she had seven children. So if I called my mother every day to let her know how school went, or to let her know how the job went, and you multiply that by seven students, but seven children, that's a lot of weight on a mother to, to, to take yeah. on. And, and she worked outside of the household. So, mm. you know, it's like, how do, you know, how do they juggle it? But they do, and they don't get the, the recognition, not that they're looking for it, you know, but they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, our mothers have a lot of influence um, in the way that we go about our day-to-day -day life, whether we're in school or at work, uh, and not to mention those lessons that we learn, as in your case, Rob, you know, uh, with learning how to cook and how your mother taught you how to do that and how it has resonated with you throughout your adult life, oh, you yeah, know, and when does, I, there were times I would stand in my classroom and I would, uh, for whatever reason, that day feel pretty overwhelmed with the kids not, you know, uh, either behaving or responding to my, my, my lesson plan that I stayed up the night before, <laughs> you know, preparing or the week before preparing if it was a, a unit lesson. And I would stand in the middle of the classroom, and I'm excited about my lesson, and I want my students to be excited about the lesson, but they, they, they come with something else. And I remember um, this particular uh, day, and I could hear my mother's voice saying, don't lose your patience. <laughs> Just work with them. <laughs> show, show patience, <laughs> you know. Uh, remember that they're only children. <laughs> oh, that's hard. And they're... And and their minds are still developing. <laughs> you know? And speaking of which, I don't know um, if if people know this, but or um, but a child's brain is not fully developed until the age of twenty between twenty one and twenty four. Yeah. That's another conversation <laughs> that you and I will have to have down the road. But that might explain a lot of things, right? <laughs> In terms of. <laughs> in terms of, well, why aren't you listening, you know, um, when, I, when, when we pull our hair out about our son or daughter's not listening properly, 
you have to wonder, well, what's going on? Why aren't they listening? Why are they? Why do they act or talk like they're from a different world? Well, sometimes they are. <laughs> and, you know, and it's those things that you say to your kids, and and you just keep mm -hmm. telling them, and just keep telling them, and it's just planting those little seeds. And, and, and when my youngest was at, um, I think it was her senior year at Whitewater, and she moved out with her friends in the. Uh, they got their own apartment and stuff like that. And when she's when we were at home, at my house, we would always be, you know, keep be conscious of what you're doing, whether it be the utilities. Be conscious of what you're you know using your money for us and stuff like that. And she was living with um, those three other girls. She called me up so mad one day. She's like, Dad, the air conditioning's on and the windows are open, and I have to pay for this. I'm going. I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just laughing so bad. I'm just like, yeah. But you will. I was like, you know, that was the first time that that uh, I could hear my words coming out of her mouth after you know, almost a lifetime of like, okay, do it this way, do it this way, and just like I was just I was so proud at that one moment. I was just like, hmm. uh huh. What we're, have we're, I been we're listening. <laughs> So well, see when we right when we think they're not listening, they are really listening. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what does it when you, when you call small victories? What does that look like? Explain to the listeners. You know what it, what what does a small victory look like? The small victories. Um, I recall my mom would remind me of not um, when I'm working on an assignment or working on a project at school um, on a very, very personal level, it meant just take the small victory. Don't try to um, take on the things that are so big and so grand that might overwhelm you. Yeah. If you just take parts of it, pieces of it, eventually it all sort of comes together. Eventually it comes together. So in that uh, phrase um, resonated with me because I heard it a lot as a little girl coming up. It's the small victories, and so my mother was—it was her way of saying, "Take the small victory, Bonnie. It's—it's it's okay, you know. Um, yeah. It's take the small victory, and uh, and I find that uh, um, you know when you take the small victory over the grand scheme of things, um, you don't have to. It's not a battle that you have to win um, with yourself because you've given yourself permission that, you know, this, this, this I will overcome too. And as a little girl in school, um, I would remember, in fact, the story, the way that I wrote the book, I sort of capitalized on the story, uh, the, sort of like the personal story that I, I have with my, the memory I have with my mom. So I exaggerated the characters in the story um, based on my own siblings, but it's not necessarily the way we were brought up, but some of my own personal experience are reflected in the story. And one of the, uh, when we talk about the small victories, uh, one of the, uh, the lessons that my mother instilled in me quite a bit as a youngster was listening, the importance of listening and more importantly, um, asking questions. So listen for the answer when you're asking questions. But you, but it was important to ask. And uh, my parents um, 
um, both my mom and dad actually, they were really big on sitting us down at the table, whether it's the kitchen table or the dining room table. And they were really big at uh, encouraging us to express ourselves, to ask questions. When you don't understand something, ask the question. So I found that um, I, I lived with that lesson all my life. And so I developed a story line at the very beginning of the book about the importance of this character, um, the teenager that was in school, to ask questions. And she struggled uh, with this idea of, you know, self-expression. And I talk a lot about the importance of self-expression in the book and how my mom used to encourage me to speak up, don't be shy, to um, ask a question if you don't understand. And... Um, and in hearing, you know, different phrases like uh, life is, is about, uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's a cinch by the inch, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's something, a phrase that resonates with a lot of people as well. And so in the story, uh, the main character, Bonita, um, is shy or appears to be shy. And her mother would always say, look, uh, if you don't understand something like an assignment in school, ask your teacher to help you to understand. And you know, Rob, when I taught in, in middle school or special needs, I found that it was, it was really interesting that a lot of students, a lot of our students didn't ask. They, if they didn't understand something, they didn't ask. And so, you know, as an adult at this point, I, I began to think, well, wow, you know, I grew up and my mom would always encouraged me to ask questions if I didn't understand something, to express myself. So hence the story idea came from, from something that I learned or uh, learned and remembered as a little girl coming up. So I built the characters, uh, particularly Bonita, around this idea of, look, if you, don't act, if you don't understand it, ask. If you don't understand your math assignment, ask the teacher for help. So she, you know, she's sort of a little bit of a drama queen, I guess. <laughs> so she, so she, she's getting, you know, she's getting advice from her mother. She's getting advice from her twin brother, Thomas, and she's getting, uh, and she's getting help at home. Um, the older sister, Leanne, is helping her with her homework, but her older sister, who's um, in, uh, the ultimate uh, scholar. <laughs> You know, there's four years difference between them. And she's on the drill team, drill cap, and she's very outgoing. This is her big sister. So she had a, an ideal model, um, you know, in addition to her mom, to help her build her self-confidence and her self-esteem. So she had all the resources. But it was, the problem was not having resources at home or at school. It was within her. It was her own confidence that was getting in the way or lack thereof. And it didn't help her self-esteem. So I introduced the book with the short story and a reflection about um, this teenager, middle schooler, who's having problems, you know, with her self-expression and asking questions. Well, toward the end of the, the story, it turns out that the mother reaches out to the school, to the teacher, and she explains the predicament which... Uh, her daughter, who's shy and would not ask questions. So the mother, uh, again, using her influence, right, outside of the household, she's talking with um, the teacher, and she explains to the teacher, well, Benita's shy, and if I, she says, I'm not really in a position to help her 
because the mother had only had a high school education, but she, she did graduate from high school, but her mother was also very, just a, a super, a, an amazing woman. I remember my mom, you know, as I shared with you earlier, being a, uh, a mother, uh, a counselor, <laughs> a doctor, uh, she was a businesswoman, uh, you know, she was all these things that I, that I personally looked up to and I continue to, even in her, um, even even though she's gone home to glory, but she continues to influence me in everything that I do, the way I think. <laughs> uh, I've been told I speak like her, and I just see it as an honor. But in the end, at the end of the story, her mother's influence actually helps Bonita build that. Well, I don't want to give away the story. Don't give it away. <laughs> you can't give it away. That, that's right there, right there. That's perfect. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> right there. That's perfect. Don't want to get oh, ready to have your readers pick up a, a copy so they, they yeah. can make find sure, out for themselves. Yeah, make sure that you happen. find the book. <laughs> I got show I got the links. They're gonna be in the show notes. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all those good places like that. So I'm gonna do a quick plug yeah. in here for you know, you're talking about family and we're right <laughs> we're right now we're um at Exacta Corporation, we're the uh, family organizer, and it's built for the fundamental social network, and it's built for the family. And oh, it, wow. you give the, the family ability to chat, private chat, securely without having all these different apps. Has a common calendar for everybody to to like see everything that's going on for the entire family. So I'm envisioning like if your mom had this back in the '50s and having one calendar up there. That would have been. Oh my goodness! Right, I'm just like my. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. But she was a great organizer, so I can only imagine she might have uh, really uh, appreciated having something like that yeah. to help her. Uh, yeah, and then one, one other thing that we really targeted it too is like we looked at the kids and how we can help the parents. So we built on the dashboard a, a social media feed. Now you don't have to friend your kids to see what they're doing on social media anymore. It's right on the, the right on the dashboard, right on the app. You can see all your children's social media feeds, so they're not getting bored. Nice. They're not doing mm -hmm. all that stuff like that. So, yeah, nice. check it out. It's on uh, Indiegogo right now, and as you know, think uh -huh. possibilities. Think congratulations! I remember you were in the process of launching. Yeah, That's awesome. That's well, you like know, that. something like that platform would also come in handy um, with, you know. One of the concepts I see, I, I am a communications major, you know, so I, I can relate to that, the calendar and as an edu a retired educator, I can relate to all of the, um, all of the technology that you just presented. And some of the concepts that I mentioned in the book after the story um, are communications concepts. And then the whole idea around how do we do it more effectively? So you, you, you know, you innovated. Yeah, we did. I think we might have a partnership, a possible I partnership. So. I think so. We'll talk about that. We got to talk about that offline here. Like that. So, so how do people, how do people find out more about you, Bonnie and connect with you? Okay, great question. Um, they can go to my website. Um, should I read that site right Just now? Yep, and I'll also put it in the show notes, so um, you can read okay, it. Off. Awesome. They can. Okay, they can. Sure, they can visit www.author. 
bjedwardsimagine.com. And they can also, there's a Facebook page um, that I'm in the process of building uh, at this time. Um, They can also go into their Facebook and type probably Mama Said by Bonnie J. Edwards, and there is a second uh, Facebook page that will come up, and that'll show um, a lot of information about my my various book uh, signings and involvement in the community. And, um, you know, um, I do have a a membership with No Studios, which is a, a hub for artists and I did my book signing there um, about a year and a half ago, and it was great. That's and I have to, give, have to give a shout out to No Studios, Don Ridley and Lisa, and her their sister uh, Elizabeth and their parents. Just amazing people here, and um, they have No Studios um, located in the the um, in the Paps complex. I live I live right up the block. I, I've been there before. I live right up the block from there, so I I've been there several oh, okay. times. You know, you know, yeah. you know. So if you're there and I, if you see John, tell, I don't think he gets here often because he lives in California. And Lisa, I think his sister lives in um, New York. Um, but I think Elizabeth is here and they're just uh, amazing people, very supportive of all the, the artists in the area, in the Wisconsin area. So, That's um, cool. but there's, they could, they can always find me there too. Um, so yeah, um, I you know I'm just trying to do um, fulfill a purpose, and I, I feel pretty good about where I'm at at this point at this station in my life. And yeah, and you just should. trying you're, to feel. It really does. I mean, all the stuff that you've been able to do, and being able to you know write a book, and then you know include you, sounds like there's some really cool characters in it, and you got to read it to find out how it ends. So, so we're gonna get into uh, the next segment and wrap this up, and it's really the, just, just the rapid fire questions. And these are just questions okay. that have about. There's no right or wrong answer, just whatever comes <laughs> to your head at the time. Um, but before we do that, you get to ask me any question, anything that you want, and I will do my best to um, answer it. Okay, rapid fire. Okay, I know a little bit about you, um, but what what inspires you to keep doing what you do? Um, I'm a passionate person, and once I dig my feet into something, I don't quit. Um, you knock me down, I get back up, and I just brush my shoulders off and keep going. Um, I make it. Right. Ne- I, I make it. I make it neck down, and I've gotten knocked down a lot. But it's all about um, as a person is how you recover and keep going that really builds that character so i believe in like you know regardless of what happens in your life you just you know you know reach out for help talk to someone you know but don't stop whatever you don't stop so don't stop don't give up keep moving that's that's my answer and i'm sticking with it i know right (laughs) until someone else asks you something else (laughs) that was a great answer that's pretty good for rapid fire And, you know, I got to be prepared. Sometimes people ask me some, some great <laughs> questions. All right, so I'm just going to go through these real quick. All right, uh, or, texting or talking? Which one do you like? Oh, more? talking. Sure. Talking. <laughs> um, let's see, favorite holiday? Well, Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. That would be mine, too, if it was in the summer. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> How about Christmas and, and Christmas in June or Christmas in July? <laughs> uh, you know, 
I don't think I don't think my mom would like that so much. <laughs> what's your what's your super strength? What's your you know your if you were a superhero, what would that strength be? Your superpower. It would be compassion, having compassion for others. All right. Yes. Oh, let's see here. Is it wrong for vegetarians to eat animal crackers? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> the idea. You know what? I'm looking at this. I'm like, I've, I've never asked that question before. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's that a map? great question. Cut the mic. <laughs> okay. <we have. laughs> Bonnie, it was really a pleasure having you on Local First Podcast. And, you know, guys, make sure that you go out and check her website out. It's all going to be on the uh, in the show notes, uh, check out her book, find out how it ends and see what happens to Bonita um, and, and see if, read through that story. So I'm, I'm going to check it out myself as well. Um, as always, the, you know, make sure your feedback is always uh, appreciated. And I always ask you, uh, my listeners, my local listeners, if you like what you hear, share it with one other person, you know, let them share it. You hear that story as well. I mean, this is really powerful. And, and then for all you moms out there, thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. And just like Bonnie said, you probably don't get enough um, uh, recognition for all that you do. So, Bonnie, I appreciate you being on the show. You had a great story. And, um, you know, just. It was an honor. I I love coming out with you, Rob. (laughs) I love it. You finally got connected. I know it's been a little back and forth, but I love it. And and thank you to your listeners, too. And, um, you know, uh, thank you for just all of your support and love. Just thank you. Be well and be safe during this very difficult time. Yes, great. All right, thank you so much, Bonnie. Okay, take care, Rob.